Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Welcome again. It's good to see all of you. Truly good. Warms my heart completely. It's, it would just be lovely to sit here and look at everybody. <laughs> that would be fun, uh, joyful. Anyway, um, two things that I want to say at the end of this sit, we'll be doing some metta. And I'd like to dedicate this sit today to Carol Moss. I don't know if any of you um, knew her. She was an Insight LA teacher, a meditation facilitator, and um, dearly beloved. And what I'd like to share with you about her is uh, her generosity of spirit. She opened her home, she had a beautiful home in Malibu on the ocean. And her home was open to sits and day longs. Anybody who wanted to teach there could. Um, she had sits for 25 or 30 years. She was able to bring Tibetan teachers to LA. And she devoted herself to uh, serving the homeless into her 90s and ill. She never gave up. She was a big advocate for the homeless. Um, devoted herself completely and fully and gave everything she could. So in memory of her, um, may we all become bodhisattvas like Carol Moss, this beautiful, sweet energy. The topic today is, I think it was radical honesty. And um, it's inspired by several talks I've heard over the years by Tara Brock. I have, she brings up this topic frequently. And I happened to tune into one of her um, live podcasts and just love this topic. And so I wanted to talk about it today. And the quote that I have sitting around on this topic is from Bhante Buddha Karita, who is a teacher in Africa. And he says, meditation is not about the content of our lives. It's about how we relate to our daily experience, whatever they may be. Meditation is about waking up and seeing clearly how we are doing, what we are doing, and why we are doing it. Meditation is a reality check. And so I, this theme of um, radical honesty and meditation as a reality check, leading us to the truth of who we are and the way things are, really energizes me, excites me in my practice. And um, in order to, uh, let's see if I can, yeah. The um, seven factors of awakening are um, guidelines or pointers to how we can um, energize our practice, direct our practice, and stay in the practice. And I will list them. And I'm wondering if, Don, you would be able to put them in the chat as I list them. So the first one is mindfulness. 
being present to what's happening and the changing relationship to what's happening without judgment or um, without trying to change it or resist it. So mindfulness. The second is investigation. Investigation isn't talked about nearly enough. And a one way that we can describe investigation is curiosity and interest. Are you curious and are you interested about the truth of the way things are or the truth of right now or the truth of your state? And in order to have that, you would need the third one, which is energy. Can you bring energy, wakefulness, aliveness with your interests? Can that energy sustain you? And with energy, is there joy? Is there an enthusiasm? Sometimes it's called rapture. Sometimes it's just enthusiastic enthusiasm. I want to know the truth of the way things are. Uh, right? I can bring some joy, some lightness of being. And when we often have joy, we have tranquility. We calm down. So tranquility is the next one. Can I bring calm and ease, relaxation to what I notice? Can I relax around it? Um, and with relaxation, sometimes we can concentrate deeper. You see clearly there's concentration. And with all of these, we develop equanimity, right? Being able to be with the way things are, not resisting it, flowing with life and not being tipped over so much and thrown off. So those are um, the factors of awakening. And how does this relate to uh, radical honesty? Very often, we certainly need mindfulness, but we need energy, interest in investigation to know what's happening internally, where we are, what our state is, Right? And what is the truth of what's happening for us? Um, one of our, our friends, Callie, I think Jane can remember Callie from Long Beach Meditation. She would say, I live in California and my emotions live in Nevada. You know, we're, very often we're removed from where we are. We're not embodied. That's a whole sense of embodiment of coming down and in. And um, Tara Brock, says, it takes courage to look at what's true, to name it, and to acknowledge it, and to be able to hold it with absolute compassion. So with that interest and with that energy and investigation, we need that compassion. There's a quote from Lily Tomlin, self-knowledge is not necessarily good news. And sometimes it's hard to see what's here because it doesn't look the way we want it to look. And it's hard to acknowledge some of the more difficult, stickier emotions and thoughts um, in these patterns. So um, what I'd like you to do is a little exercise. And um, Don has put in the chat the factors of awakening. So I'd like you to just look at that in the chat and see, um, I'm gonna ask you in a moment to close your eyes or soft gaze 
and go inside and with awareness and mindfulness, check in what's happening in your body. I'm not asking you to do this right at this moment, in a few moments. What's happening? What are your body sensations or how do you feel? Are you sleepy, tired, contracted, you know, or there's a place that's calling to you in your body? Do your muscles hurt or are they tight, right? So what's happening in your body? What thoughts are running through your head? It could be, darn, this is boring, right? Um, and what is there an emotion or a feeling with it? How do they connect? So I'm going to ask you that in a moment. But before I do, look at that list. Mindfulness, investigation, energy, joy, enthusiasm, you know, interest is with investigation, tranquility, concentration, and see if you can bring any of these factors to this exercise this morning. Does that make sense? See what you can bring. Can you bring interest? Can you bring energy? Is there a joy in wanting to know where you are or a boredom? Um, so see what you can bring to that and, and um, close your eyes or a soft gaze and give yourself a moment to close in. And this is called a triangle of awareness, basic mindfulness, right? What's here? So checking and scanning your body from the top of your head, neck, shoulders, chest, arm, right and left, torso, abdomen, belly, pelvic area, hips, buttocks, quick check, legs and feet, hands. What's here in your body? And making a mental note, some of you may wanna even jot it down. What's here in your body? Are you interested? Is there energy? Do you want to know? And noticing thoughts. Where is the mind? Is it contracted, expanded, calm? Are there particular thoughts? Maybe there are thoughts, I don't wanna be here, I don't wanna do this, I'm not so interested or I am interested. And with those thoughts, emotion or feeling. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. And bring yourself back. It's a quick one. 
So would anybody like to comment on um, what this was like for them right now? And what they noticed? Or what did you notice? Yes. Um, I've noticed with uh, with the change in seasons and with um, the change in you know, what we're allowed to do, I'm filled with a lot more energy, um, certainly than winter and fall and all of the really dark times. So um, a lot of ideas. Uh, sometimes I almost, almost feel like I'm vibrating with um, you know that 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 enthusiasm, uh, but also um, every once in a while I have to stop and be like, wait, what What am I even doing right now? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It's hard to be focused um, with so much, uh, you know, good energy going on. So good information, the truth for you of looking back at what's happening is that there's energy and excitement, but with it, you can become very scattered mm -hmm. and all over the place. And that ability to look back gives you the opportunity to come back in and focus yourself. Yeah. So that the energy is not um, so scrambly. Scrambly is good. <laughs> yeah, to come back and realign. So that's a truth of where you are. Is it interesting to know that? Yeah, uh, yeah. The um, the the interest and the enthusiasm is very driving. Uh, I'm always curious about what's going on internally, so uh, it's nice when it feels like the external feeling matches up with the internal feeling. Yeah, and and I you could see as a point the wisdom in pausing and knowing with awareness, right? That there's an element, this factor of pausing and knowing supports, mm -hmm. supports your being, right? This, that, that ability to pause and feel. Anybody else? Yes, Heather. Yeah, um, so I definitely right this this moment I'm feeling a bit um, tight, bound up because but it's um, it's all it's all because I have I have a thing I've got to do um, in about an hour and a half and it requires a lot of things that I need to do to get to, you know to do the activity and but I but at the same time I'm feeling craving because I just want to be quiet <laughs> so I'm sort of vacillating between tight and then you know relax tight relax um, and yeah yeah so does it help to know yeah for sure um 
I mean, mostly because like it's interesting to crave peace, whereas I should let that kind of just go. And this is just how it is right now. I have a thing to do in an hour and a half. So it's natural to be to have thoughts coming and you know quickly. Yeah, yeah sure well said. I don't know if I could say it better, right? Of <laughs> that ability to look, because then you could you're not what we don't see, we're run by. Right. What we don't see, we're run by. So I know I agree with you when I have something I have to do with a lot of activity, that tension around planning and getting there is I would even call it an anxiety for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. If it's not known and seen for what it is, it can tighten the body and run you. And then there's a craving. The craving is almost I don't want to feel the tension around this. I want to push it away. But when we see it with awareness, we bring energy, interest, tranquility, acceptance, right? There's an opportunity for it to no longer run us. Oh, this is the way things are. Right? That equanimity comes right in. They link. So that equanimity, oh, yeah, of course I would be a little tense around activity and getting things done. Anyone else? I got a chance to sit this morning before the sit. And uh, so I'm feeling the calmness as a result of that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to be attached to it. I know it's impermanent, but uh, it's a nice Sunday morning. So there's awareness that um, my mind could crave the clinging to the calmness, right? And just knowing the truth of that settles and relaxes. So this, I'm pointing to the interest in wanting to know, because that's a doorway into knowing the truth. Let me ask you another question, which is, how do you pause for mindfulness? What connects you to the present moment? in your daily life, you're rushed, you're going, things are happening, what works for you? How do you arrive in the present moment? How? Anybody wanna say? I'll say. For me, it's just stopping and realizing where I am physically. So stopping and feeling wherever my feet are or if I'm sitting where my sit bones are, and just the air around me, sounds just kind of become physically present, helps me arrive and not be so caught up in whatever might be going on. Great, thank you, Sue. Yeah, so that one works. I was gonna say remembering, which is the same thing that Sue said, um, which is, I think I have to somehow stop the ongoing train of what's going on. You know, one other thing, if I might add, in terms of going through these, one of the things I've noticed about myself is whenever it comes to investigation, it's one thing to get to what the feeling is. 
but then it's kind of a whole nother challenge for me to investigate it because sometimes it's like, oh, cool, now I've named it. Now that's done. And uh, to be able to really investigate, but until I sit with what my resistance is, it's really difficult to tap into the real feelings of compassion and uh, joy that really basically renders the results for me. So until you sit with what the resistance is, so for you, is it finding what is what part of you is rejecting or what is being rejected? Is that a key? Well, it is what I'm doing because in a way going deep into what's going on is sort of scary. So I'd like to get the job done quickly, but it doesn't seem to work that way. Um, so it's my process. I don't know if that's what you're asking or not, but that's what I see it as. Not, not the content, but my process. Right. right. It's the process. Okay. Good. Good. Anyone else? Uh, for me, it's typically just sort of uh, realizing I'm lost, stopping, and then break, and coming back to the breath. The breath is sort of a doorway back to the body and sensations. Usually I find out that, you know, if I've lost myself, it says, oh, my heart's beating. I'm excited. I'm angry or something. And that's sort of, it's sort of taking me two or three steps ahead of where I want to be sometimes. So just the breath is always a pathway back to sort of the moment, what's happening and creates space and to try and figure out some of that stuff. So breath is just always, that's, most reliable doorway back to this particular moment for me. So great, thanks. So, so we've had the breath, feeling the body sensations. Julianne? Okay, I heard you say the breath. Okay. Actually, that's, I noticed that I'm, I'm spinning and I'm just like all the stuff is going and I'm, I'm I will have to do this and that has to do, I have to do that. And all of a sudden it's like, I can notice that I am breathing really shallow. Wait a second, taking a breath. And then I'm not, it's, I'm here. That, that's out there. Look at what I'm doing to myself. Taking a breath and slowing down. And this is where I'm at. So that just made me think about breath. And that's kind of what happens for me because I can get lost in the story very easily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the story is pretty fun. It doesn't feel fun when I'm not able to. Sometimes it's like holding my breath too. That's an indicator. Take a breath. Where are you? So there's so much wisdom here. You know, I, I think we're really working today with beginner's mind, reminding us um, how does she know the present moment? She looks at the energy of the body and mind. You know, what's the state of the body and mind? Who was talking about the breath? Who was talking about feeling the body? We're looking at where your thinking is taking you. Um, but all of these things, I'm really pointing to truth is here. And there's, there's wisdom in um, ba this basic mindfulness of coming into this moment and bringing interest 
and energy. These two beautiful ingredients that very rarely we don't talk about a whole lot in mindfulness practice. Interest in energy. I'm interested. I want to know as a doorway, right? I want to know. I want to know. I'm interested. So I'm going to pause to really know where am I? Where am I right now? And this is a beautiful doorway, gives us more space in our lives. Like Anthony says, you know, like if I know that I'm grasping at this tranquility, I'm going to suffer less. I'm going to let be able to let it go and say, no, this tranquility isn't going to stay. It's not permanent. Right. So, um, so let's see. I, some of the ways we get lost and stuck, you know, this, this radical honesty is to see the places and ways we get caught and stuck and out of that present moment. And I want to talk a little bit about a few of these and see what, you know, what you relate to. Um, one is we get caught in an image of ourselves. Our self-image is a way that removes us from true nature and the beauty of this moment of who we are, this expanded loving awareness that's our true nature is getting lost in who we think we are, right? I'm a person who should have this, should be doing this, should be accomplishing this. This shouldn't be happening to me. Very often we're caught in a body image. I don't like my belly. I, uh, there are lines in my face. My hair isn't right. Or I love my body so much. I'm so fantastic. And, you know, you're, we're caught in the image of our body, the image of what our life should be like, who we think we should be, how others should see us. And when we're caught in the image of ourselves, rather than just being with ourselves. There's a difference. Just being here, experiencing sensations in the body, thought, emotion. There's, that's different from being present with it than telling a story about who we think we are. Right? It's different. So image of ourselves and thoughts about who we think we are get in the way of just being in loving awareness, in spacious awareness, in presence. And, you know, it's an invitation to get rid of who you think you are. Not so easy, right? But it's an invitation. Oh, just toss it. Who I think I should be who they think I should be, who I want to impress, right? Who I want them to notice me or me to notice that, you know, all of this image stuff can be a contraction and a tightness. Another area is um, around <clears throat> deficiency. I'm not enough. I can't do it. I don't want people to know 
that I can't, I'm not enough, or I, I don't measure up, or there's something lacking in me. There's something inherently wrong. We play the deficiency game. Uh, Tara Brock refers to it as the deficiency hole and some other teachers as well. Uh, I'm not good enough. It's the trance of not being good enough. And certainly this inner critic kind of super ego, very often when we go inside to notice what's happening, if you notice tightness in your body and tension in the muscles, very often it's the deficiency game. It's the inner critic telling you that you failed at something. And we're all hardwired to um, experience this. It's not like, <laughs> you know, we're all hardwired up. It's human to have this difficulty. So this is another, um, another pattern that gets in the way of, of freedom, of presence, of knowing on the path. And to know that it's happening is a gift. To know that it's happening is the gift. Is when we could feel the tension and the tightness in the body and hear the, the voice of the deficient self or the critic, that's an opportunity to release it, to step away. Um, and to really use the understanding of impermanence to deal with this too, you know, like, oh, feeling deficient this moment and okay, the next moment, this is all going to pass. So another way that um, we get caught is um, in the avoidance. We try to control life and try to avoid the dukkha, the suffering and the pain. We develop these strategies to avoid. We try to control to avoid what's difficult and to push away, particularly around our vulnerability, particularly around our pain and around the areas that we have difficulty. We push away there. So, so then. When we're in these pockets of tightness, you notice the mind gets filled with obsessive quality, worry, anxiety, judgment, blaming. And this is where those seven factors and wanting to know the truth can be so helpful in uprooting and pushing, you know, uh, and getting space from these patterns rather than getting lost in it. We don't have to lose the spacious awareness or loving awareness. As we touch with compassion into these areas, we can feel the vastness of this radiant heart. Um, and as we shine light on these tendencies, we can, we're more transparent, more light can come in. The truth can come in when we're caught there. So what I'd like to do is um, break out in breakout rooms. Now, if you're not feeling like being in a breakout room, um, then stay in the main room with me. Everybody take a few minutes and really just share on what this brought up for you, where you want to go is 
talk about the seven factors, how you get caught, what's true for you, how you practice a mindful awareness day to day, moment by moment, what's working for you, um, the ways that we get caught, whatever comes up for you. Okay, I think we're all back. Um, would anybody like to share what what came up in the group or just like to share? Yeah, I, I think just one of the things is um, just the the investigation. Um, I, I know I've been, uh, you know, doing just in the last year, especially really working on the on my practice. And um, I've had my niece in town this week and we just had, so I just had sort of taken a break and I had you know, someone in my space, someone in, you know, just a change, a change, a pause to some extent. And noticing this week in particular, how, you know, what was happening, you know, what was happening with my body, how I was responding to a, you know, a young woman who very energetic person and, you know, who's, who's my kid, you know, my, my niece, you know, so it's, it's very, it was very interesting and really, um, having that need to ground and, you know, not, I think I hadn't been sitting this week much. And so noticing there'd been moments where it's like, wow, this is, this is what's happening here and what's happening here. So I, I think um, just, just really keeping that grounding and um, you know, I, I know that uh, it's, it's an important part of just staying, you know, of investigating to see what's going on. So thank you. Anyone else question, share anything that came up? I'll yeah. share. I just want to thank you uh, for this talk. I think um, it was really helpful to think about those seven factors of enlightenment. And um, in a sense, it gave me permission <laughs> to acknowledge, for example, that um, interest and enthusiasm is is necessary for your practice to flourish and that um, to notice when it's not there, you know, um, and then that's okay too. Cause I was, I was telling my group that my practice has changed over the, the past couple of weeks since I sprained my ankle and um, it just changed things for me. And I decided I was just going to only do things that felt good because I'm doing my practice for myself after all, I'm not doing it for anybody else. So um, I kind of allowed myself to do it in a different way. Um, like I was doing yoga instead of, I was doing like yoga on the floor <laughs> and um, just breathing and trying to be with myself that way. And um, I just feel like it's, it's, it feels good to have permission to, um, you know, to do things differently, I guess. I feel like I have a lot to say, but not really sure how to say it. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. I appreciate your talk. Yes, you're, thank you. That was, um, yeah, this, this point that to take home, if, I, if there's a, a little um, uh, cheat sheet notes is um, bringing in these seven factors into daily life and what you're saying 
when we're willing to see what's really here and look at the truth of where we are, then we can be skillful in our practice and um, give ourselves what we need. You know, and no matter what the conditions are, you can bring energy, investigation, mindfulness. We don't always have tranquility and joy, but you can bring those. And very often when you bring those, the others follow. So yeah, it's about being real with where you are and what you need. That opens it up. Anyone else? Uh, I'm always uh, amazed at how many lists there are in the <laughs> Dharma. <laughs> there's a list for this, and there's a list for that, and there's a list for this. Uh, when we're all trying to get to emptiness, uh, which is, you know, uh, allows for us to experience enlightenment or get to a point where we're not holding on to our attachments or, you know, aversion and you know, I, I think it's very useful for my left brain to have these lists. Uh, it loves these lists. And then it's very useful for my right brain to sit and let the list go. <laughs> right. But I do want to say something about energy and investigation and mindfulness and interest, that quad there. Um, one of the things that we know today that we didn't know back then. Um, for me, I'm talking about the 60s, but you know, longer, is that you can, it's easy to do a spiritual bypass on the cushion. You can just go to emptiness and um, bypass the truth of who you are and what you're doing. And this is why there's been so much trouble in spiritual communities have gotten in trouble with abuse of power, sex, money, you know, um, that, you know, you, you read about, um, there was this amazing Zen teacher in Manhattan that people went to when I, when I lived in Manhattan, he was brilliant. I I'm, I'm forgetting his name. And there were books written about him, books that he's written, had a horrible alcohol problem. <laughs> You know, uh, Chogan Trumpa, you know, so do you see what I mean? You don't want to bypass either. It, it, you can empty the mind and go into emptiness and bypass the stuff that needs to get cleaned up. It's like sitting on a toxic dump. And that's where you want to bring this interest in knowing the truth of who you are, the, the truth of what's happening, the truth the truth of what's real um, because that's in order to do, to be the Bodhisattva, you got to clean out the storage bin and honestly clean it out uh, because, you know, we've known too many spiritual paths and teachers that carry their shadow and we're really working towards an awakening that doesn't bypass anything, doesn't make anything wrong and doesn't bypass anything that embraces the shadowy, darker parts of the psyche and not pushes them aside to, get, you know, to empty out. 
Well, it's interesting that you say that. I was reading earlier this year about uh, some of the sex scandals in various lineages. And, uh, you know, it, it seems that depending on the, you know, some of these people had experienced some level of enlightenment. But, uh, you know, if you look at the 10 ox herding pictures, obviously there's, uh, they had a ways to go and they had not uh, let go of, uh, What's the saying, uh, you know, there, there was something, I think it was in the Lotus Sutra where the Buddha talked about the children playing in the burning house and they, they're attached to so many things in the burning house that they, they won't leave and go to safety. Um, and I think in some ways, um, you know, it's, it's very necessary for you know, us to relinquish uh, our attachments. And that's, you know, a, a gradual process. That's something that, that uh, some people have even gotten out of the burning house and ran back in <laughs> to, to have sex with people in their sangha. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a process and uh, I agree. Yeah, another way of saying letting go of your attachment is saying being willing to sit with what's present and see it honestly, hold it up to the light, and to really know, to see it honestly, and to say sometimes I need help, or I'm really vulnerable here, and to embrace that. Uh, a lot of these um, teachers over the years, 30, 40, 50 years, all over globally, um, you know, the, the inability to completely look at the shadowy parts have brought down spiritual community. Well, I just really, really love how you brought forth the spiritual bypassing part. I mean, very thank you for that. And the other thing is like, um, it's so easy to do, you know, to, to, to not look at our shadow side. And, um, you know, I, I've got this cat and uh, she's this cute little lovable kitten, you know, and sometimes I have this rage that comes up when she does something that I do not like, all right? And I mean, it's ugly what I think and feel and what I've actually gone to do. And I was like, whoa, who is that, you know? Not pretty, not pretty, very painful, very painful. I, I cried because I just felt so terrible about this little being and what I can and have, you know, done as far as my thinking and thoughts and what I wanted to do. I mean, it scared me. And then I'm like, oh my God, I did not see this in me. So it's painful but I think that's what you're talking about and by me able to look at it and pray about it and meet it with compassion all of that bringing it home to the point where now that's not happening now it might again I don't know but I do think it's 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 so important to be able to look at it so it doesn't run me you know and and it's hard to own this in front of everybody this is a sweet little animal. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 
I was just going to say what just said brings up the idea, well, something that, you know, we're, we have to do this together with other people. You know, we need each other to wake up and we, you know, even we need our little kitties there to help wake us up, you know? And so it's really easy to be all alone and be spiritually perfect. Right. And then you go be with people and here's all your crap in your face, you know? So it's like, we have to be in relationship and that's how we see our, ourselves in an honest way, I think. Yes. And um, to know that when we see that crap, it's you, we're just being human. We're being human beings. This is part of being human. Uh, you know, things like this will happen. Um, the, it will come up and embracing it with awareness, interest, compassion. Um, well, and you just said, I don't have to repeat it very, very well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, our vulnerabilities really are our strength. And I think what you said so beautiful, because Brene Brown does this, and some of you are familiar with her, you know, you only find your courage and your strength and your humanity through your vulnerabilities. And, you know, that's the source of strength. And uh, to be able to recognize that is sort of seems the secret of progress. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And just start it by being simple. Show have interest in energy. You know, let's start with interest in energy and that habit of stopping for mindfulness. That would be the cheat sheet note, one sentence, <laughs> right? It starts there. And then we can look at this shadowy material. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.